Cheers to Leah, the contestant who hiked a football between her legs, showing that just like Peter Weber can't resist anything that goes vroom vroom, Ben Higgins loves balls. To Leah. To Leah. Cheers to that, a Bachelor franchise podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to exploring the big stories and questions that only a cultural touchstone like The Bachelor can inspire. I'm Stephanie Jackson. And I'm Josh Jackson. Grab a drink and a bingo card and join us on Cheers to That. So the first cocktail of this rewatch season, um, you know, there's not a lot of interesting things being drunk in the first episode or two of the Ben Higgins season. There also aren't that many interesting people getting drunk. <laughs> That's for sure. I did notice um, at one point Ben is drinking what looks like water out of a uh, green you know, tumbler you get from Walmart. But um, other than that, you know, often it is said that Ben Higgins is the perfect bachelor. He is the perfect man. So we'll be doing the perfect Manhattan Uh, You can look up the recipe for that in our show notes and uh, enjoy it with us. Cheers! Four days into my quarantine, or isolation, social distancing, whatever you want to call it, and I think I have an M&M problem. I'm eating some right now. M&M problem, or is it really the solution? M&M solution. Mm -hmm. Well... If you're wondering how uh, how to gain five pounds in a short amount of time, yeah, I have a, I have a plan for you. <laughs> it's a, called sharing size M and M's. We have a plan for your life. Uh, so all my little quarantinos out there in Bachelor Nation, I hope you're getting cozy. I hope you're having fun. I know it's a it's a really turbulent time for all of us, and so we have found the perfect solution. Uh, it has a little. A little less calories than a sharing size bag of M&M's, and that is rewatching the season of Ben Higgins. Uh, you may recall Peter Weber's season was actually kind of rough, so we thought, you know, we got a lot of time on our hands. Uh, we're all stuck at home, waiting out this storm. Why not we go back to a much more satisfying season of Bachelor Your and uh, go through the Ben Higgins season? So. You guys can't go to your favorite restaurant right now anyway, so why not, for the price of two margaritas, go on Amazon Prime and purchase the season of Ben Higgins and uh, view it with us. We're going to go through two episodes at a time uh, every week. Uh, Every Friday we'll put this out. So, uh, yeah. This is The Bachelor Season 20, and if you search The Bachelor on Amazon Prime, uh, you'll find it on there. We thought it was free, sorry, but it's only $16, I think, so... It's, uh, yeah, I mean, you would spend more than that going out. And you can't do that right now, so let's just stay in and make a drink together. Think think of it as investing in your entertainment. I mean, you get to watch the show, and then you get to go back and listen to the podcast with us, which is double the value. You can't afford not to watch it with us. So back in 2016, four years ago, I watched this season in real time, and I loved it. And it is interesting to come back and and see it again, um, knowing how it all turns out and the things that have happened to the contestants since this season. It's just kind of a fun time capsule to see Ben and his ladies all uh, back there the the first time they met and um, 
especially to see the reaction to Ben. I mean, they, I've never seen women so excited about a bachelor in my life. I mean, and granted, I've only seen a handful of seasons, but I really don't think there's been this much fervor <laughs> over a bachelor as there was for Ben Higgins. So it's it's really, it's really kind of remarkable. I did get someone online today saying we, we should do the Sean Lowe season instead. So there is some clamor for that. Maybe that'll be the next one. If, you know, if Bachelor Nation gets canceled due to COVID, that could be the next one we'll watch. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. So I am curious about that as well. And um, he seems like the other really good, decisive, good guy Bachelor out of the options. So yeah, that would be great. So episode one and two of the Ben Higgins season. Let's do a rapid recap. Rapid recap? All right, so night one of the Ben Higgins season, we start off with a trip to a town in Indiana that Ben currently doesn't even live in, Uh, and it's so weird that they let him be the Grand Marshal of Homecoming. Yeah, well, I don't think there's a lot going on in Warsaw, Indiana, so (laughs) the the boy who made it to the big city of Denver is uh, notable, I guess, and he was quarterback, so you know, he was probably a demigod in this town. We also get a, uh, a chat with his parents, and right away I'm getting quite a contrast between Ben's mom and uh, Barb, which we just watched last week. Yeah, I really like Ben's mom. I think you'll like her. She she shows up later in the season, and uh, she brings some practical wisdom to the four, and it is far less cheerful than Barb's theatrics. Next, we get the requisite stock advice from three bachelors about kissing everyone. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned when I saw this that Whitney, who was the quote-unquote winner of Chris Soul's season, tweeted when this came out, why is Chris giving advice? <laughs> because uh, they broke up, and I guess she uh, didn't get the sense that he had any real helpful insight to offer. So the season was shot back in 2016. Uh, we can see clearly this is the year of the Forrest Gump fade. From the barbershop. Yeah, it's it's pretty blatant editing failure because it cuts between Ben with two wildly different haircuts throughout the episode. In one, he has kind of this Jim Halpert messy do, and then it cuts to, you're exactly right, it is Forrest Gump uh, sitting with his box of chocolates. Moving on to the reveal of the contestants, we see, uh, as opposed to last season, this is the season where being a flight attendant doesn't actually work against you. Well, yeah, it's because Peter was trying to seem exotic by being a pilot, and he knows that flight attendants could probably see through that. This is also the season where we meet Amanda Stanton um, and her daughters, Charlie and Kinsley, and she's just, you know, she lives and works in Southern California, and she's just ready to find true love, um, so... Yeah, it's just really great. So um, I'm just really excited to meet her and and be a part of her journey toward love. (laughs) Throughout that first night, it looks like Lauren R. is completely drunk the entire time. Also, who is Lauren R.? (laughs) This is the first season I know of where the mascot gimmick works because the person who does it this season ends up being the lead next season. Yeah, I think they cut out some explanation of, like, I just want to find my unicorn or something, you know, because she's wearing a unicorn mask, but it's just not explained, so she just ends up looking crazy. But, you know, 
Way to go for it, Jojo. Way to risk messing up your hair under that sweaty, sweaty mask. <laughs> Coming out of the limo, we see Lace, and I know Lace from watching her on Bachelor in Paradise, and we can see she is just as much of a treat on this season as she is in future appearances. Well, you have to keep in mind, this is before she took her tattoos advice to love herself first, so she's just not quite there yet. I promise I'm not crazy. We get some fun one-on-ones, but wait, there's a twist. More women are coming out of the limo, and apparently they have such an edge because they are past contestants. Yes, dating Chris Souls will prepare you to understand all the machinations and maneuvers of the Bachelor world, apparently. They're like master chess players now. Olivia gets the first impression rose, and the other ladies love it. Yes, they're shocked and unhappy, but they still don't open their mouth as big as she does. Uh, we get the final rose countdown during that first episode, and Chris Harrison totally phones it in. Ladies, Ben, that's the final rose tonight. When you're ready. Come on, man. <laughs> you have one job. Night one ends with uh, Ben saying, So, Lace, the issue was I didn't make eye contact with you? This becomes a major theme for her. But I promise I'm not crazy. All right, so... We're both from, we're both from Denver, and so, like, it's just, like, really crazy. But, like, I'm not crazy. But, like, we're both from Denver. Like, can we... Can I just apologize for not talking about the fact that we're both from Denver? So episode two, we kick off with uh, basic brunch mimosas and uh, deep, meaningful coffee sips into the distance from Ben Higgins. Well, you know, he does end up with a philanthropic coffee company, so, you know, it runs deep with him. It's, it's, the nostalgia on this season is crazy. This is uh, clearly uh, going back to a time of contestants who are happy to be on group dates. Yeah, and that was weird to me, too. They're, like, really, really excited. They're like, I hope I get to be on this date. I hope I get to be on this date. I'm like, do you all realize what's going to happen to you on this date? You're going to get no time and probably embarrass yourself. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, this first group date runs on the presupposition that everyone's high school experience was positive. And for some reason, Chris Harrison calls himself professor. That's not a thing in high school. <laughs> I'm true. I never thought about that. Well, it's from the principal's office, but he's like, I'm Professor Chris Harrison. Oh, okay. That's funny. Spoiler alert, he didn't go to high school. After a victory lap around the track, Ben flexes his journalism skills during a private chat with Becca. Yeah, he's like, I have so many questions for you. How are you doing? That's the only question he asks. <laughs> Back I was like, Ben, what happened to all the other questions? <laughs> Back at home, the girls get a one-on-one date car delivered, and Olivia dares everyone to guess how many fries she can fit in her mouth. Yeah, or maybe she was just hoping someone would just toss one in, you know? <laughs> She's creating a target. Uh, back at the group date, Lace really cares about eye contact. It's like, hello, do you even see me? <laughs> I can keep this going. No, I love it. Please do it. The girls spend all their date time fighting over not having any time. Yeah, they're like, are you serious? Like, she went and stole him again? It's like, you could go do this, this thing you're complaining about. They're just a little a little green to it. They'll, they'll get a little bit more uh, competitive as it goes on, I'm sure. 
Moving on to the next one-on-one date. The guy who brought us Fuck the Police is now doing cameos on Bachelor. Yeah, that's right. This family-friendly show now brought to you by Ice Cube. Chris Harrison to himself. I needed help to pull this date off, so I thought I'd get some friends to help. So I asked, what celebrities are plugging a movie right now? Preferably one with a tie-in with ABC and Disney. So Ben asks Kayla, what do you look for in a partner? Kayla says, I'm just looking for someone to compliment me. You know, tell me I have pretty hair and my shoes look nice. I mean, in her defense, she does have really pretty hair. We top off the date with the other rapper that brought us straight out of Compton. Uh, no, just kidding. It's Amos Lee. And he is, of course, Ben's favorite artist. Hashtag basic. For our next group date, we go on the set of Gattaca. With Dr. Love, the robot. The twins go to great lengths to make sure we know they're not smart. Yeah, why buck the stereotype when you can embrace it? So apparently on this date, we learned that women are like fine wines and you can nose them for aroma. This one has sort of a sour Chinese food aroma. I don't remember. I'm getting a fine bouquet of forest floor on this one. Yes, and uh, robust tannins. (laughs) Olivia wins the love contest, quote unquote, uh, which means science has spoken. So we can cue the villain edit right about now. Yeah, um... Note to discerning viewers, just uh, pay attention to the music that they play under anything Olivia says, and then imagine how sinister it would seem if they weren't playing that music. Slight spoiler alert, not really anything she says is sinister, it's all about the music. And that's what we call a villain edit. Moving forward, Amanda gives the big baby reveal to Ben. Yeah, so I'm 25, but I have two kids, Charlie and Kenzie, and um... Yeah, so I, I don't know if kids scare you, but, like, yeah, I have them, so, like, they're not scary. <laughs> at the cocktail party, Lace and the girls get mad at Olivia for doing exactly what Lace just did on her group date. And at least when Olivia takes time away, she's talking to him about things instead of just apologizing for how she came across the first night. It's infuriating. Yeah, Lace's strategy is to start every interaction with, so I bet you think I'm crazy. Uh, Yeah, that's not a good way to convince him otherwise, Lace. Speaking of crazy, LB dumps Ben right in the middle of the rose ceremony. Yeah, that had to not feel great for the last person who got a rose to go, oh, I wasn't going to get this until it was relinquished by LB because she couldn't handle the pressure. So there you go. That's our first rapid recap of the season. You just got two episodes in about five minutes. You're welcome. Let's move on to some heavy, deep dive discussions on this season of The Bachelor. I mean, I know people are upset about people hoarding toilet paper, but really, I just want to know who's eating all the M&Ms or like taking the M&Ms because you went there and there weren't any more, right? They're none of the ones that we like. I mean, I got some crispy and some peanut butter, but there was no... I'm eating the peanut butter, but I'm in my heart, I'm wishing that they were the hazelnut. Yeah, the hazelnut or the coffee nut. That's your favorites. Oh my gosh. Or toffee. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the English toffee is the tits now. As, Ridiculous. As Sean Connery would say. Um, 
So, okay, so... Saturday Night Live, Sean Connery. No, I think that's the real one. Um, so, <laughs> so, so this has been a really fun kind of rewatch season for me because, you know, this is four years ago. This is like, what, six seasons ago, I think. Like, if you include Bachelor and Bachelorette, it's, it's a lot. And just, I feel like a lot of stuff has come and gone, a lot of fads have come and gone. And it's just nice to be... Like I'm seeing a lot of my like classic people, like people that I had seen from BIP but never actually s- seen in their season. So like you know, Lace, uh, JoJo, Amanda. Oh yeah, Amanda. I love Amanda. Um, a, a lot of fun people. Um, Jennifer. I love Jennifer. Um, oh, Jen Saviano. She's cool. Yeah, when she was dating Nick Vial, she just seems so reasonable and cool, which means he probably just got too bored too quick. Or the producers came up to him and said, hey, so would you like to be The Bachelor? Yeah, no kidding. That's probably what it was. But, but yeah, a lot of Laurens on this season. That's for sure. Um, but it's it's nice to it's nice to have this kind of vintage, like, oh, back when, back when the show knew exactly what it was doing and it wasn't trying to do anything else. It wasn't trying to be woke. It wasn't trying to be hip. It wasn't trying to exploit all of its past celebrities. I mean, you know, Ben was still fresh. Ben has been on like a million different spinoffs since then. You know, it's just, this is just nice. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, since then. So after Ben, it's JoJo. After JoJo was Nick Vial, which really, I think, changed a little bit the, the whole tone of the show. Um, after Nick was Rachel which also changed the tone, but in a very positive way and short-lived because after that was Ari. Yeah. And then after Ari obviously was Becca, after Becca was Colton, after Colton was Hannah Bay, and after Hannah Bay um, was Peter. Peter. So we're all caught up. But yeah, this was, this was in many ways a very classic Bachelor season. And like I said, it was very refreshing and, and very endearing to see how enthusiastic the women were because I did not feel that about Ari, certainly, um, nor did I feel it about Colton. Maybe more enthusiasm about Nick, but uh, he was pretty polarizing as well. So I, I love the Nick season because he, he just he just did not give a shit. And he just, you know, if he he'd send people home, if he wasn't feeling it. He didn't play by the rules, and, and, and I don't know. He's kind of a bad boy, and I, I like it. I mm. like it a lot. One big nostalgic bit about this whole season is that this reminds me <laughs> of what Bachelor was like before Instagram was a thing. In 2016, Instagram was still kind of new, and blue checks and influencers weren't really a mainstream thing yet, and it just it's just kind of nice. Like... Well, I mean, people were getting paid for content on Instagram at that point, but this whole notion of like the the bachelor to influencer pipeline was not established at all. And so you didn't right. have people coming on there because they, I mean, maybe they wanted to be on TV, like they, maybe they wanted to be kind of famous in some way, but they weren't just trying unabashedly to get uh, an endorsement of some kind and to be, you know, an, an Instagram personality or an Instagram model. It, it just feels like the the flavor of the cast is different from, especially from Peter season. Peter season was just Instagram central. Ari season was similar. So here's something that always comes to mind whenever we watch the beginning of a season, and the contestants are coming out of the limo. Um, I always think about the gimmick and like the strategy behind the gimmick. The gimmick could be a pun or coming out with like an animal of some kind 
or some big flourish like a marching band or you know wearing a mascot suit i've always the early on before i just learned to embrace it i just i hated the first episode of every season cuz it's just so cringy just embarrassing and this season brings that question up again like what is like there's a strategy to how you introduce yourself to the lead i know that can be influenced by producers but I, i'm assuming the logic is if i'm cute if i have a snappy one liner or if i or, or if i really surprise him I'll be more memorable, but it never seems to work that way. I think the most ridiculous example of this would be Shoshana speaking entirely in Russian the whole time, like not even breaking in any way, just entirely in Russian. And then him just kind of standing there going, uh, yes. Okay. Yes. And you know, then she walks inside and he's like, okay, Shauna, like he doesn't even know her name because she, yeah, it's future. Um, contestants i think it was either nicks or or aries we had like two or three contestants speak a different language in one night yeah my thinking is the women that always do well are the ones that just look really pretty and yeah and maybe give them a little gift or something um (laughs) yeah you're thinking of astrid i think on nick's season who speaks in german about her uh body parts (laughs) (laughs) right all in german and he's just like Okay. <laughs> right, right. I, I feel like the best strategy is just to look really nice and be kind of sweet and demure. Give the bachelor a, or the bachelorette a hug and say, I'll see you inside. And like, and like leave them guessing. I feel like the people who try to be cute or gimmicky never work. Obviously, it worked for JoJo because she made it to the final two, right? So that is the exception. But like Sloth Girl... In next season, you know, etc., never works out. Or Left Shark insisting that she is a dolphin, aka Alexis, in next season. Right, right, right. She Do- made it pretty far, but not because uh, I don't know. Dolphins don't. She was have, mostly just fun. Yeah, dolphins don't have gills. Okay, that's, that's it. Just basic biology. So here, here's an here's an issue. Here's an issue I've, I have with this. This came up in the Prince Farming season, especially because it was kind of the running theme of the whole thing. But in the early intro edit to Ben, he's in Indiana. He's like in his old, you know, town that he grew up in. He talks a lot about like having small town values. And I always cringe at that word. There, there's this word that this term that you taught me, Stephanie, and that is the, the term semantic bleaching. Semantic bleaching is when something gets used so many times instead of, so many different contexts that it loses its original meaning. Uh, a great term for that is hipster. Like hipster meant something seven years ago, eight years ago. It means nothing now. So when people say small town values, like I get frustrated with that because it's meant to mean something, but it really doesn't mean anything at all. So when you hear small town values, what do you what do you think? Well, and it communicates that like, oh, we all know what that means, right? Like right. this is this, our, somehow our, our hive mind as Americans, we, we know what this means. In, in, in political discourse, this happens all the time. People say certain things and they think that encapsulates a certain idea and it loses all of its like, – like evangelical doesn't really mean anything. And everybody assumes, oh, you mean these kinds of people. But like anyone who actually is an evangelical probably wouldn't relate to that term. I don't know. You ask what I think of when I think of small town values. I mean I think of Andy Griffith maybe, like having – 
everybody know each other and kind of like check in on each other and, and keep up with each other. And I mean, then there's something kind of charming about that, but I, I, I don't know. I went to college with, well, I had a, a roommate in college who was from a really, really small town, like to the point where she identified what county she lived in uh, before she identified the city because it was just such a small, like one stoplight town. And, but nevertheless, she still had cable and she still had the internet. And so I, I don't think that it means the same thing that it used to where like everybody shows up at the football games every Friday night or everybody like marries their high school sweetheart or whatever. I mean, Ben left, Ben lives in Denver. So it's, mm. I mean, there's, yes, maybe there is sort of a a friendliness and a familiarity that, that remains, but a lot of that idea of like this Mayberry reality doesn't really exist anymore because of the pervasiveness of just like media, you know, and, and, ex- and the, and technological accessibility. So everybody's not going to mom and pop hardware stores. They're going to Home Depot and they're not going to the little grocery store. They're going to the 24 hour Walmart Supercenter. So, I, and I mean, yeah, we could have a whole separate conversation about like whether that's a positive or a negative thing, but I, I think regardless, it's just a lot more diluted than it used to be maybe when Ben's parents, like, I don't know if Ben's parents have lived in Warsaw their entire lives, but I'm sure when they were kids, that meant something really different. And you could probably see those small town values on display a lot more than they're trying to dredge up through this really rosy uh, description of it in this intro package. Yeah, that brings up a really good point. Like, they say small town values, but small towns are basically the places where the only things that are in operation are big chains like Taco Bell and Walmart and Shell gas stations and stuff. When I when I hear it, I think they're hearkening back to like in small towns, life is simple and we just you know get on and live life with integrity. You know that, that's that's what I think. But like I come from a small town, uh, a town of twenty four thousand in the middle of Podunk, uh, Mojave Desert, California. And yeah, things were simple because you had nothing to do. And that's why you have a lot of meth and whatnot. So I, I get really cynical and kind of cringy when I hear the word small towns. And I, I know it's it's the ABC primetime demographic that, that loves that stuff. I, I, I don't know. I'd love to hear your, your feedback as you watch if you it, it, what it makes you think of. You know. Yeah. And I mean... Ben is just trying to be positive about where he comes from, but obviously he doesn't love it so much that he stayed. So, actions speak louder than words. Next semantic bleaching term that drives me crazy, and this, of course, was the the overarching mantra in Peter's season, is the term follow your heart. Ben mentions that in the beginning of this season, like, I'm just going to follow my heart. And following your heart is a term that drives me bananas cream pudding because it's also semantically bleached. It doesn't really mean anything. It it, it, it it kind of evokes the idea of like being pure or being true to yourself. But like for me, it just comes off like an excuse to be capricious, I mean, which was definitely the case in Peter's season. Well, yeah, apparently if we've learned anything from these two seasons – it's terrible advice because you end up falling in love with two women. So yeah, following your heart 
I think when people say it, they mean, they mean like, you know, being true to yourself, you're pure. But uh, there's obviously a, a factor missing in that equation. I think uh, following your heart is something that's a great idea if you are in a Disney movie. But in real life, I don't know. I don't know. What, if, if someone were to say to you, Steph, I'm just trying to follow my heart, what, what would you say in response? Um, I would probably quote Dwight Schrute from The Office when he was talking to Michael and he says, Michael, your heart is a wonderful thing, but it has made some terrible decisions. <laughs> I mean, if the case, if it applied to this person, but you know, it I mean, probably does. So, some people have smarter hearts than others, but you know, it's uh, it's it's very easy to be kind of blinded by romance and um, attraction and things like that to the point that you shut off your brain and uh, yeah, can make some terrible decisions. So. I would say, you know, give your give your heart a little bit of room to explore, but um, you know, don't expect it to be capable of being in charge. <laughs> it's not uh yeah, it's it's more akin in Freudian terms, it's more akin to your id and uh sometimes you need to let your superego make decisions for you rather than your id. Yeah, I mean, heart kind of it conf- it basically assumes that basically if like if you stripped back all the learned behavior you'd have just your raw material that you started with which would by default be more true or more honest and the thing is like your raw behavior i mean we're we are the proud parents of a 19 month old right now and his raw behavior is to crap himself and destroy everything he touches and lose his mind if he doesn't have exactly what he wants when he wants it. And that was a, that's the behavior that no one taught him. That is his raw material. He's following his heart. <laughs> and his heart is a Tasmanian devil. And it wants to destroy and eat and lick everything around him. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, feel free to comment on SoundCloud or in our Instagram-ness and we'll add it to the notes in the next episode. Um, but that was my my big takeaways this season uh, so far is just how nice and nostalgic it all is in some ways and also just the good old down-home raw greatness that is Ben Higgins and we'll just see how that works uh, moving forward. He's just such a good dude, and I actually really like some of the contestants. I really like Kayla. I think she's adorable. I really like JoJo. I really like Lauren B. Um, and yeah, I mean, there are several others who are really entertaining without being malicious or idiotic, and it's very refreshing. So I'm I'm glad we're watching this season. It's it's a lot of fun. One thing I'm loving too is is how how much more diplomatic he is. Like than Peter, like he's he handles situations so much more deftly and so much more efficiently while being a really nice, likable guy the whole time. I mean, like watching him and Amanda make those little hair clips for her kids was like the most sweet thing ever. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought like this guy's just a solid, solid guy. So I'm having fun. Oh, and also I must mention, I really like Jubilee and it's so fun to see oh, yeah. her. Um, and just watch her experience this whole thing that she's completely not cut out for, but she's still such an endearing person. Um, she's she's really a treat to watch as well. 
So that's it for episode one and two. We'll give you a uh, rundown full of our opinions on episode three and four in about a week. Uh, Meanwhile, just keep watching. Have fun. We'll see you on the IGs and the DMs. Keep uh, six feet away from everyone you know and love. And, um, you know, just feel free to eat your feelings or your weight in M&Ms. It's it's not the worst strategy to get through this time. And drink a perfect man, Hatton, with us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>